Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Alright everybody, welcome to uh, episode 85 of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser, your host uh, at Hawk Blogger, and uh, joined as always by our intrepid crew. We've got uh, rosy-cheeked Evan Hill SEA, most likely due to wine um, and other uh, exciting moments happening right now. Uh, welcome Evan, and uh, we've also got Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11. Uh, welcome, Nathan. And then we've got Jeff Simmons up there in Toronto at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Guys, it happened. It is official. Nathan, have you heard? No, I mean, there was a lot of chatter that it was like it right is there. official. As of like 15 seconds ago. Wait, are we doing? Are you gonna do a Robert Turbin joke about this, aren't you? <laughs> I really was gonna go there. You you snuffed me out. So yes, Robert Turbin did a, a sign a while ago. That is not what we were talking about. Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode number twenty four, is officially back in the VMAC as a Seahawk, and will take the field in a Week Seventeen prime time matchup against the 49ers, our biggest rival for the past decade, for the right to win the NFC West. Holy crap. That is that is an amazing... <laughs> Could any of you have foreseen that potentially being what we were going to be talking about 24 hours ago? Maybe 36 hours ago. 
No, I mean, even after the game, like, Josh th- threw it out in the, the group chat. Like, ha, ah, wouldn't it be amazing if they signed Marshawn? And, like, I was just like, yeah, ha, ha. I mean, like, it didn't even seem remotely possible. And it went from, like, a thing on Twitter where people were like, oh, ha, 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 wouldn't it be funny? To be like, actually, no, that's really happening. <laughs> like, within hours. It's insane. Uh, Evan, how do you feel about this move? For as much as I like to whine and bitch about the Seahawks, let me tell you, they're a circus. Danny (laughs) Kelly's famous words, the Seahawks are a circus. And you know what? They're a fun circus. Uh, you know, we, we could, we could, we could really elaborate on a ton of irrational thoughts as to why maybe we shouldn't have super high expectations, but fuck all that. Marshawn Lynch is a Seattle Seahawk. He just signed a deal for the last regular season game and the playoffs. The reality is his past performances in the past couple of years do not matter. The only thing that matters is 49ers at Seahawks on Sunday night football in just a few short days. So it's, uh, it's going to be a dramatic Sunday night. That is for sure. Jeff, you know, I think that a lot of folks, uh, there's been a lot of conversation about um, what Marshawn Lynch could do on the field this weekend. So I, I'm interested in, in kind of your assessment of, of what it means for Marshawn to be back as a player. Uh, do we have to be rational right now? I thought the whole point of this Lynch was to be irrational. <laughs> you take it pour, however you'd like to take it. My I don't friend. want to pour cold water on this thing yet. So, so then tell me, tell me what you think. So, so you basically, but from that, I'm hearing you say you don't expect Marshawn Lynch to be able to contribute much on the field. I don't think anyone knows. I think it's based on his age, his inactivity, and really hasn't played since when the Seahawks played them in London. He hasn't, it's hard to imagine him being like really good. I know Marshawn's a super outlier and he's proven people were wrong his whole life, but just usual jet standard logic says he's not going to be great, but just for the fun part, it gives them like a power runner that they love having in their offense, a short yardage back, a guy who can kind of bring some swagger and some energy to this team that desperately lacked it yesterday. They looked like a team that looked hopeless based on what the reporter said the locker room was like yesterday, they, they sounded so down after that game, especially with all the injuries coming out. So he just gives a boost to the whole team, to the fans, because really, I don't know how you guys felt yesterday and this morning. I was as down on the Seahawks just as I've almost ever been, maybe since that Super Bowl loss. I know Evan had a tough time that playoff game last year, but at least this gives some sort of reason to watch them again, because yesterday was hard to watch in the second half. I turned it off for a little bit and, it was hard to just get excited about that game next Sunday. It just seemed like an inevitable ass kicking. So this at least provides some hope and some reason to watch the game because just seeing Lynch back in the Seahawks, if you would have told me that three days ago, I would have thought you were an idiot. And like, maybe they're making those all decade teams right now. And that's what got the Seahawks excited, but it's, it's crazy. I would have never seen this coming at all. Yeah. Well, I, uh, <laughs> it's a funny tweets because basically after last night every running back that's ever played in the nfl that has any mild connection to the seahawks has started subtweeting them 
yeah, you know, Jonathan Stewart. And then funny tweet from Justin Forsett a minute ago saying, uh, hey, Pete Carroll, I need you to be honest with me here. How far down the call list was I? I have at least two plays left, and one of those is a victory formation. Call me maybe. Uh, so, you know, look, I think that I think, Jeff, you captured it well in looking at where all of us were last night. You know, it was, it was low, you know, for, we will, we'll talk about the game a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know how much there is to be gained from, from going into deep analysis about that game yesterday, but we'll talk about it. But the game was really, really bad. The injuries that happened during the game were really, really bad. And then the news we got about the injuries of the people that didn't play in the game was really, really bad. And it was like, holy crap. I mean, I did not see the Dwayne Brown news coming at all. I was like, oh, they're just resting. They totally are just holding guys out for the – like, I just didn't think it for a second that they were going to say, oh, yeah, and he's out for – initially they said, you know, for the season he was done. Um, so from that, I – I didn't want to think about the Seahawks this week, to be honest. I didn't want to talk about them that much. I didn't want to write about them. I didn't want to listen to podcasts about them. To hearing the the Marshawn Lynch news. And now it's like, hell yeah. Like, whatever the outcome this week weekend, I'm going to get to watch Marshawn Lynch play on a in Central League field one more time. No matter what, that's going to happen. Well, knock on wood <laughs> the luck has been pretty bad lately but in any event like that's that's something worth looking forward to and and i'm there's no other running back no matter how much potentially better he would be on the field than marshawn right now there is no other player they could have signed that would have elicited this kind of response so i think that's what he's worth that's what he's worth that's what's unique about him and i think that's what's worth being excited about and enjoying and and uh reveling in a little bit so uh i'm happy about it man <laughs> i'm really happy about it uh and we didn't get what, to really what, think about him guys... go ahead sorry Martin, what were you saying oh, i was gonna say what surprised you guys more that seattle was willing to bring him back or that he was willing to come out of retirement to play again the latter I, I thought he had bad blood against uh, with the seahawks a little bit and he didn't leave on the best terms I well, think we were talking about it in the chat. You guys remember the whole Vikings bus situation of not getting on the bus and there's some drama around that. I don't even remember the details anymore, but it, it didn't feel like he left on a, on a positive note. No. And he also like, he hasn't necessarily seemed like he really wants to play either. I mean, he wanted to play for Oakland, his hometown team, but I, I don't know. Yeah. How about you, Nathan? I Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It did feel like there was a lot of weird mojo, so that Seattle – and, like, I mean, he's Marshawn. I'm super excited to see him, but we really don't know how good he's going to be. And so that they're willing to put this on the line – not that they're putting that much on the line, but they're willing to bring him back and bury whatever hatchets maybe need to get buried. That, I think, is the most surprising thing to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. 
I have to admit, part of my interpretation when I heard about this and then heard Pete this morning on his show being so open about about it, it feels like a psychological move from Pete and John's perspective as much as anything else. Like, I think they realize it is a long shot <laughs> with the way things are are looking injury wise. And I think they're looking for any possible edge. And I think this is this is a this is a wild card. There's no other way to say it. It's it's not a trump card, that's for sure. But it's a wild card. Nobody can say that they know what what's going to happen when Marshawn Lynch takes the ball on Sunday, right? <laughs> no, no, no. They're completely desperate. So I mean, Jeff, you you you've got a, a real like uh, you know. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but, but I see a cloud over your head right now. Like, like you're having trouble even getting excited about this, aren't you? No, no, I, I'm excited about this. Uh, when, when the news came out that Carson was out for the year and even ProSize was out for the year, the guys I thought they'd end up with were more like Robert Turbin and like Xavier Turner. So I was so like that, that news just crushed me. And the fact that they just have someone like Marshawn, they're able to pull him out. It might be completely useless and terrible, but like you said, Brian, it's so exciting and it just makes the Seahawks watchable and they, they, they're guaranteed at least two games left. And I'm happy that we get to watch Marshawn Lynch play and not someone like Robert Turbin be the full-time running back. So I don't know how good it'll be, but that was my first thought when it happened last night, that it was going to be like a worse version of like, I don't know. I, I couldn't. Even, the names I thought were going to be horrid. If if Marshawn has a single run over ten yards, I will lose my shit. The emotional <laughs> implications here are enormous. Yeah, I mean, I feel like one when he gets introduced. If they freaking introduce the defense, I'm going to lose my mind. They obviously have to introduce the offense <laughs> in the first place, and then. The first time he carries the ball, it could be for a yard. It could be for like negative two yards if he breaks two tackles, to like old school Marshawn style to get negative yards because the offensive line's so bad. Crowd's gonna go crazy. Like, and if he if he gets something positive, I mean, uh, his teammates. I mean, he did this back before, but it doesn't. It's not going to take much um, for the team to get a boost from it. Whether it's going to be enough over the course of 60 minutes, you know, uh, you know, or three and a half hours, depending on how you count time. Um, that's a conversation we will have for the rest of this pod. Um, and maybe even later in the week, if we do another pod, but there is no doubt that everything he does, that's going to be positive. It can be amplified like 10 times um, for, for the, the team on the field and, and for the fans. And honestly, as having been there yesterday, we need it. The hometown crowd was, I mean, Seahawks didn't give anyone much to cheer for, I'll admit, but <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty bad in there yesterday. They they really, 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 really brought back Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin. This fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be one of the dumber stories. Not just Marshawn. It, not just Marshawn, not just Robert Turbin. Neither of these guys have played in a while. They brought them both back. I mean, isn't Marshawn Lynch like 34 years old? Like, 
Like he's 33. Let's not exaggerate. I mean, he's a, he's a young buck still. This dude is not young. This dude is like <laughs> this dude is like 65 in NFL years. Like, hey, look at Frank Gore, man. He's he's doing fine. Adrian Peterson. He he had a 140 yard game like just a year like last year, didn't he? I I just I I love everything about this move. Honestly, I I really do like. The Seahawks are clearly desperate. <laughs> like, injuries took a massive toll. We got absolutely stomped on Sunday. And you know what? The Seahawks, the Seahawks Pete Carroll, is getting in his emotions a little bit. Who knows? He might start going down for, you know, going for some fourth and ones. I, I, get- can, I, I can sense the tide turning, the emotions, you know, the, the hormones are starting to enter the bloodstream. And I can tell things are starting to change. So you're, you're it should be fun, dude. I hundred percent expect if there's a fourth and one or fourth and two, Pete is going to like think, "Oh my god, I've got to give Marshawn the ball." Like that's absolutely going to enter his mind. The Seahawks, the Seahawks have entered "I don't give a fuck" mode, and I think it's very clear. And to be honest, it's kind of fun as a fan. <laughs> I didn't think there was anything they could do after yesterday. To make me look forward to this game. And they've it is the greatest PR stunt of all time, if nothing else. <laughs> so, you know, we haven't talked much about Robert Turbin. Is there no. anyone that's excited uh, to see Robert Turbin? Because oh, I'm not gonna be the uh, one to hype Robert Turbin. I am. Can you imagine how big how much bigger those biceps have gotten in the past few years? All that time away from the NFL, focused solely on curls in the gym. I can't wait to see him. That's a big I deal. I swear to God, that guy would be faster if he ran on his arms because <laughs> either that or he should play fullback because he he has an amazing ability to find the opposing defender and run right into him. So if he was the blocking back, I think that I think he'd have a better a better mm-hmm. fit for the Seahawks. When was the last time on all four? Like, what? Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, he's got some serious guns. So, okay, hold up. Robert Turbin. I'm just looking at his at his NFL stats. Has been out of the league for like three years. You guys realize this? Like, his last full season <laughs> was 2016. 2016. In 2017, or 2016, 2017, 2018, we're all with the Colts, but 2017, he only played six games. Only had 20 carries in 2017. Um, I mean, this is I, I'm really curious. Like, has he ever eclipsed four yards per carry? I know that that's a terrible stat, but... I... The answer is yes. In uh, two, one, two, three, four... Oh, wait, that's receiving. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> oh. Two times, Yes. In 2015 with the Dallas Cowboys. How oh pissed is CJ Anderson? CJ Anderson started in the Super Bowl last year and he couldn't get a job over Robert Turbin. I know. Well, seriously, I mean, if we're, you said yes, but we have to be honest about his yards per carry. 2018 was two and a half yards per carry. 2017, it was 2.3 yards per carry. Uh, 2016, it was 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, that is the Robert Turbin I know. Um, he is not a no, running back. He is a blocking back for blitzes. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it'll be an extra blocker because this offensive line sure as shit can't block anybody. 
and and he catches the ball pretty well. He he was a big part of those two men two minute offenses back then. Like Marshawn would come off the field in those situations, and Turbin would be a part of it. So yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this probably has to do with his ability in the passing game, both pass protection and and uh, catching the ball. Yeah, let's be honest. Robert Turbin probably isn't going to get a carry at all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's that. That's not. There's. I think Travis not, Homer's still going to play a lot. I, I think I'm, you're right. I think Homer does play over Turbin. Homer's probably going to be more of the penny precise role, and Marshawn's going to be. Are they going to still run the offense like they have uh, Chris Carson? Or are they going to actually. <laughs> that was the only optimism I could find. Like maybe they'll start passing the ball and letting Russell try to run the offense through him. Or are they? is this going to cut them back to their old offense? Let me put it this way. I, I don't think Marshawn is getting more than 10 carries on Sunday. I really don't think so. Oh, that's an interesting bet. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a curious. I, I don't think chat. he's going to line. Put the on the line. Over under. Everybody in the chat uh, join <laughs> us. Over under on carries for Marshawn Lynch. We will set it at 10 and a half. Uh, actually, let's make it nine and a half. Let's make it nine and a half. Nine and a half. Are you over or under? Uh, Marshawn Lynch carries nine and a half is the number. Nathan, what's your bet? Over. Jeff? Over. Evan, you're under, yeah? I think I'm under. I don't. And the only reason I say under is because Travis Homer actually looked pretty decent on Sunday. And I know that was against the Cardinals defense, but the chat is hilarious. It's just this like cascade of over, 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 over. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, 30 carries, 250 yards. Classic Seahawks. 30 carries, oh God. 34 yards. I mean, <laughs> dare to dream for a, a minute. Like, what would happen if he actually, like, went over 100 yards and was effective? Like, and, and like, had a touchdown or two or something? Like, how crazy of a story would that be? I mean, is that even real? Is that even possible? Like with with how long he's been out and how little time he has to prepare. Like, is that even like? I feel like fifty yards would be a big deal. Once again, this only reaffirms my theory that Pete Carroll is trying to kill us. I'm not kidding. the <laughs> The emotional implications of this game are enormous, absolutely enormous. Imagine if they get to the NFC Championship game. Imagine if they get to the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch, who hasn't played football in like two full years, has an opportunity to redeem himself. This is this is like a fairy tale in the making. You this know what is- I love? I love I love that the 49ers fans, the major response to this is they're intimidated. Like they're not happy about it. it. And they, they're making like comments, yeah. like snarky comments, like we're going to bring back Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. And I'm like, they're not happy about it. Like, <laughs> I think that says something. Oh, it does. The Seahawks leaving that Cardinals game are depleted. They're injured. They're shit. But Marshawn gives them a little bit of an emotional hype boost. Like, I think you, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head, Brian, earlier. Like Marshawn isn't just, you know, historically an excellent running back but obviously he's a he's a veteran spark in that locker room like those 2012 2013 2014 2015 teams were really sort of built off of Marshawn's identity like that swag that spark 
that I don't give a fuck. We're going to run over you type of attitude. And it's something to, to be, to be excited about if you're a Seahawks fan. Nathan, you were going to say something. I interrupted what you're going to say. Oh, I don't remember now. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. I was being a troll. No, no. <laughs> he is a troll. That's established. There's no arguing about that. Either. No, I think the Niners fans, the Niners fans are like that whole thou doth protest too much. Like they're just a little too chirpy about this. They're they don't like it. I can tell. Uh, how how nervous are you if you're Russell Wilson? How how fast if if they do go back to the NFC Championship game and they go to the Super Bowl after Marshawn comes back? And he's so worked so hard for this to be his team and get rid of the whole you're only good because you're running back. And now Marshawn's back. And then they make a run. And Russ is just like, Are you kidding me? No, you know what? I think that uh, jokes that's, aside, that's story. I think I think that that is I think Russ deserves a lot of credit for this happening. I don't know if you guys heard, but it was Russ, Pete, and John huddled in the locker room after that game last night. There was lots of reports about that. You can guarantee that one of the things they were talking about was this. And Russ, I think Russ had to be on board because ultimately this is his team. Or or did Russ say you can only sign him if you sign Turbin? (laughs) Was that his roommate? He wanted Turbin. For people that don't know, Russ and Robert Turbin were roommates uh, his rookie year and are are pretty tight buddies. So uh, Russ has definitely been probably uh, uh, pushing for Turbin. But either way, I don't want to lose the point. I I think Russ deserves credit for – for being willing to have a guy that frankly has not always been a promoter or at least, you know, been part of the culture that promoted Russell as a leader and, and has kind of challenged his leadership in some ways and maybe not directly, but in- indirectly. So jokes aside, I think it's funny what you're saying, Nathan, but I, I give Russ credit. It takes a guy that's like got confidence and, and, and himself to, to welcome a guy like Marshawn, Marshawn back into the room. Yeah. If we were, if we really want to, get Russell irritated. We should uh, bring back Doug Baldwin this week. Uh, we should bring back, bring back <laughs> Sherman. Now, okay, so hold up. Are they bringing back Cam? Oh, stop it. He's thicker than an Oompa Loompa right now. Cam is not coming back to the Seahawks. I know you guys all saw that Instagram post. Cam is not coming back. I love him. He's not in NFL game shape. Who's better, stop Cam it. now or Delano Hill? Oh my god! Don't make me answer that question. <laughs> Who's better, Cam or Tedrick Thompson? Uh, Don't make me answer that question. Well, Don't and me- you know, I would like to get in here and say something nice about Marquise Blair, but who false starts twice as a gunner on the punt team? Like, if he's if he's unable to even do that, no wonder that they're like, I don't know if we want him in the backfield. We can't really trust him to be in the right place. He can't even like hold his water on a freaking punt. I mean, uh, the, the safety position hurts. And and I think, not to go down the, the, the negative road, but I don't think we should expect Quandre Diggs back this week. Do any of you expect Quandre Diggs to play? Didn't Pete say he was unlikely, or am I completely hallucinating? He said that he's farther away than the other guys, um, like Clowney and Shaquille Griffin. But um, I, I thought he said something on – are you are you are you retrieving that from this morning's interview or is yeah that from this morning's okay. interview on seven ten he he said specifically about Clowney he said uh, first he said he'll yeah he's definitely gonna be back and then he said 
assuming he can make it through the week or assuming that, you know, he, he, his injury allows him to, he, he backtracked pretty quickly on that statement. And then he talked about, he was asked about Shaquille Griffin and he said, you know, um, think he should make it back as well. And then, uh, they asked about Quandre Diggs and he said, he's farther, farther away. So I think you got two guys that are probably going to be questionable and one guy that's probably going to be doubtful or out. Um, would be my best guess. Uh, I have to call out Caleb Moore real quick. Um, thank you for donating in the super chat, the YouTube chat, $1.99. Super appreciate you, Caleb. He says, Evan, call Cam in Oompa Loompa to his face. Um, no, thank you. I will not <laughs> do that. Um, but thank you for the donation. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate all the super chats. I and we will try to get to them. But honestly, uh, we we also <laughs> we got a lot to cover. We might not be able to stop in each case. So thank you guys in advance and and uh, uh, looking back as well at some of those super chat uh, contributions. So, uh, all right, I got to I got to switch gears a little bit um, and talk about the 49ers. So you know. We're talking about Marshawn Lynch. We're talking about, we've got stuff to worry about, about people getting healthy. But if you're a 49ers fan, are you feeling particularly good about the way that they've played over the last four or five weeks? No. Not defensively. Yeah. But, it, okay, to answer your question first, I'd say no, the strength of their team has been defense. And I thought, I think Mina tweeted this out during the game Saturday night, but since their schedule complete change, we spent a lot of time in the first half of the year talking about the fire 49 ers schedule when they went eight and zero or nine and zero, and everyone thought we were probably being a little homerish and whatever, but they were first, they were the best defense in the league by like a pretty large margin in QBR allowed since week 10, I believe, I think that was the Seahawks game or the game after they're dead last in the league in QBR allowed. And they've had a crazy schedule, but that's a drastic change. And that's really been the strength of their team. They allowed 48 points or 46 points to New Orleans. They lost to Atlanta. They probably should have lost this Rams game, realistically. They're not the dominant force we kind of thought they were. They're still very good. On the plus side, if you want to feel good about yourself, just watch Jamarco Jones' tape from Sunday. And that's, that's enough to make you feel good. But really... The Niners don't look like this dominant, like Baltimore's looked. They've looked very vulnerable the last six games now. Well, uh, <laughs> um, I will offer a couple things here. So over the last eight games, San Francisco defense has allowed 26 and a half points per game. That ranks 25th in the NFL. They have allowed a 99.4 passer rating. That ranks 27th in the NFL. They've allowed 16 passing TDs, which is the second most in, behind Arizona, <laughs> which is allowed 18. Not, we're not going to talk about how we did against Arizona defense for a second. Um, and then they allowed 4.6 yards per carry on the ground, which is 25th in the NFL. So they're – and I think, I think we also saw a number in the 49ers game against the Rams. I think they're, they've only had like three sacks or like their sacks have gone way down as well. So, I, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. They've been struggling with that. I think the 49ers defense has had trouble. So, Nathan, you know, 
Do you think that there's any chance that, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm using a, a very extreme phrase there, any chance that Jamarco Jones wasn't really expecting to play and that they were expecting, uh, you know, Dwayne Brown um, to play and that this was a little bit of a surprise maybe and maybe another week of practice and Jamarco Jones can be better this week? Um, I mean, yes, that's all certainly possible. That probably didn't help him if it happened and you know another week of full reps will only benefit him um i think when you watch the way he struggled like a lot of the times that he got beat it was really it really looked pretty like uh, like a physical thing like like i I just i don't have a ton of hope i mean maybe another offseason maybe a training camp maybe something like that he can get considerably better but I think that when you look at how far away he looked last week, I don't know that just <clears throat> being a little bit more prepared, getting the extra week of snaps, don't know that's going to close the gap for him. It, it it was pretty rough at times. It was pretty rough. Would, would you go back to George Fan at left tackle? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And by the way, I see the two super chat questions. Um, uh, very uh, pretty much appreciate those donations. We will get to those two questions. They're both good questions. And uh, at least one of you is a patron so and a sponsor, uh, Mr. Hobart. So we'll make sure and answer that one. So uh, they clearly wanted to preserve George Fan as a six offensive lineman. That's a thing that they do a lot. And, and that's why they put Marco Jones in there. You're gonna. There's no way they can't consider Fant at this point. They, uh, the way Jamarco Jones, they have to consider it. I think you have to. I just don't know that. Hmm. I'm not convinced that they're better off that way. I'm not certain of it. I, I maybe I'm crazy. I believe Jamarco Jones has a better game in him than what he showed. I don't know if he's gonna have mm. a great game, but I believe what I've seen of Jamarco Jones. I think he's a good pass protector. I think that that was just a really bad game, and I thought he got owned by well, one of the best pass rushers in football. Let's let's set this in context here. Jamarco Jones has been competing at the right guard spot all year long. All of a sudden, he's thrown in as the left tackle starter against Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, I don't personally blame Jamarco Jones a bunch. He was thrown into a position – that he is not trained for all year long against one of the best defensive players in the NFL. I think fans should give him a little bit of grace for that game. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, Jeff, I mean, you've seen Jamarco Jones play. You've seen the grades even he had last year before he got hurt. Uh, Like he's graded out pretty well when he's played, he played well against Aaron Donald on the interior. He's gone against some really tough competition. He's played around the line. This was his first start in the NFL at left tackle against the guy who's leading the NFL in sacks. Now, granted, he got a fair share of those yesterday, but um, I, I just I, – I, I think you're right. I, it's, I would say it's most likely that they will go to George Fan. That's my guess. It's most likely. I'm not sure that that's the best move. Like, I see what you're saying. I know Jamarco's upside is a lot better, but I think what Evan said is right on the head. It's really, really hard for offensive linemen not only to switch positions, but to switch sides. Your footwork – it's, it's really it's really hard just for a left tackle to move to right tackle. For a guy to go left tackle, right tackle, right guard, left tackle, it's a huge challenge, and especially against Chandler Jones, who's 
one maybe the defensive now against Nick Bosa and the, these guys they have. I don't know if D Ford's going to play, but he's not. He's not. So he's goes the other way. Still pretty good. If you win or lose, you're playing Philly or Minnesota, two really good D lines. I just don't think it's fair to Jamarco to put him out there. I don't think he's ready. I think George Fan is ceiling. We don't. He's not great, but he's played left tackle. He started almost a full year at left tackle. It's not a great option. It's a pretty bad scenario, but I would rather go with George Fan and maybe use Jamarco Jones as a sixth offensive lineman, or you use him a little bit at guard. I just don't think he's ready for these kind of D lines. I, th- I think that's I think- totally reasonable. I mean, I think- I, I, you could also start with with Jones out at left tackle and then have the opportunity to make the switch at any time. Um, I, I do not think they will go with him for a full game with him struggling that much again. I think that's for sure. And a lot of people just were yesterday couldn't comprehend why the offense was so bad. And the defense made sense. They were so injured. We They're not great to begin with. But when you have a guy – I think graded out like what 16 PFF rating yesterday. It was bad. When you have a, a weak spot, like we saw what Tedrick can do and Jamar Taylor, when you have a massive hole at left tackle against a dominant edge rusher, it can blow up every single play. And the Seahawks plays were just being killed before they started. And I, I think why I don't see why it would be different against San Francisco. Maybe he plays better, but they can't have situations like that where the plays are just getting blown up before they started. And that's what happened far too many times yesterday yeah I, I mean the offensive line was a disaster no no doubt and with Yupati also are um uh injured i think that there's there's at least some question he had a neck in- injury um there's some question about his availability i'm assuming he'll play but you know you might need jamarco at guard um as a possibility it's possible that they'll need ethan ethan Postick is who played guard in this game um, I don't think he played particularly well, but, um, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, let's, let's take a couple of these questions from, uh, the super chat. Um, we'll go in a order of, of a largest donation and a sponsor, John Hurlbut, uh, altitude homes, long time, longest time sponsor of the pod. So John, great to, uh, have you in the chat. Um, <laughs> He has a comment more than a question. Uh, he says, uh, we'll be running out our practice squad on defense, so don't kid yourselves. How do you guys feel about that? Is he wrong? He's not wrong, but we're also facing Jimmy Garoppolo. And if we get any, just a tiny bit of pressure on him, it sounds like Clowney is playing Sunday. Um, you know, if uh, Rasheem Green can get to him, Hansa can get to him. We might be in for a game. We might have a shot. I, I really think the key to Sunday's game is the pass rush. If they can get, if they can get Jimmy off, you know, off his balance and cause him to make some throws that, you know, could result in turnovers. This could end up being a game. But um, he's not wrong about the numerous defensive injuries. All right, I got to call out uh, another 49er chat. You remember Larry Grant? former linebacker back in the Jim Harbaugh days. He's kind of a backup. He, he filled in for Patrick Wills. Anyway, he just tweeted out, really, Pete? And it's a slapping forehead emoji. Pete said he's doing whatever it takes. Chad Johnson and T.O. on call right now. Big O Orlando Pace just went to 24 Fitness right now. <laughs> he ready. Shake my head. Pete, you cheating. So, I mean, like, 
Pete is like in their freaking heads with this move. I mean, why do they care so much? Uh, they've got supposedly the best defense in the NFL. They've are relatively healthy, actually, all things considered. Um, they should feel pretty confident, but this this move has rattled them. Um, Josh Hembry, uh, thanks for donation, Josh, uh, says, hey, on the other side of it, they have quite a bit of injuries too, though. It will depend on how Sherman is and – our offensive line is a dumpster fire. Still big worries. So what about the 49ers injury situation? Um, as far as I know, uh, D Ford is not going to be there. Um, I think it's a question about whether Jaquarski Tart um, is going to be there. Um, other than that, uh, what injuries do we have to worry about or the 49ers have to worry about? Obviously, Richard Sherman's been playing through a hamstring. I don't think he looked that great um, in that Rams game. He looked a little bit slower than usual, but um, I don't know of, of any big other injuries they're facing. Do you guys? Like their center is out. and right. Richburg. DJ Jones guy is out. But to compare these two injury situations, is downright laughable. Like these, the Niners fans were whining so much when Kittle was out, and now the Seahawks injury list comes out, and they're trying to use that as an excuse. Like, give me a break. This is an unprecedented level of injuries at this point of the year. Seahawks are missing like seven of their top 10 players. And even some of the guys on the field, Lockett and Wagner, we don't even know how healthy they are. So it's, you can't compare this. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. I'm bringing in a guest here. So you guys talk amongst yourself for a second. We're bringing in a guest. This is a, uh, this is a curveball. Who could it be? So Can Evan, you really don't in? need to bring Cam back? Not based off of be? the, not off based off of the pictures he uh, posts on Instagram. Um, what else could he, that be? What else why, why would that he post mean? that? Why would why would he post that randomly? I went back and looked through his old tweets, and there's nothing like that. He's not posting pictures of himself on the Seahawks. No he, hammer emojis. Cam has been trolling the Seahawks with subtweets for freaking years. And this is not really? a new thing. Yeah, this is not a new thing. Remember the extension negotiations? Hey, is that you, uh, Mr. Mahler? What the hell's going on? Boys, the beast is back! (laughs) 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 Welcome to the show, Dave Softy Mahler uh, from KJRAM. How you doing, my friend? I am fired up, man. This is, uh, you guys are really nerding out tonight, aren't you? I love it. Is this like a, is this a daily thing, a weekly thing? Is this a, is this a typical thing for you guys or is this a special occasion? We are we're every Wednesday at 8 p.m. But given the uh, the uh, Christmas holiday and the fact that there is a Marshawn Lynch holiday today, we yeah. are going Monday. So uh, we will likely also go later this week because there's there's a lot to talk about heading into this game. No, I love it. Hey, first of all, before we do this uh, conversation about Lynch, who's the moron that was tweeting that Dick Strivens was overrated? Which one of you guys was that? Hey, Softy, it's the truth. I, I'm sorry that my tweets are, are true and always correct. I'm I'm sorry they upset you, but it's uh, it's the truth. Okay, you're banned for the next 15 minutes. Let me talk about it. All right. No, I'm just kidding you. Listen, man, this is, this is awesome. This is, you know, it's corny because I think that when superstars 
and legends leave town, there's always a little part of you that wants a little more. You know, I felt that when Griffey took off. I felt that when Gary Payton took off and when Sean Kemp took off. I mean, heck, even when Randy Johnson took off, you felt like there was a little bit more in the tank. And you always wonder what, you know, could have been if those guys would have stuck around. And, I mean, Marshawn is in the same boat, right? Like, when he left, you're, you're thinking it's the right move. You're thinking it's the right time. This feels right. Pete is probably done with him. Marshawn's probably done with Pete. And it feels like it's just time to move on. But you always wondered if there was maybe another opportunity to watch maybe another run of greatness or one more game of greatness or one more carry or one more snap. And, and now moms and dads who had kids that were too young to even appreciate what Marshawn Lynch is all about at least can go to a game or watch the game on Sunday and tell their kids, that's the guy that I was talking about. That's the guy that I saw play before you were born. And it sounds ridiculously corny, but man, it just, it literally almost brings a tear to my eye thinking about how awesome this is going to be just to see him walk out of that tunnel one more time in a big game on Sunday. And you know what? Listen, even if he stinks and he doesn't bring Jack squat to the table this weekend, just the fact that he'll fire up that entire locker room and get everybody's level of play up a couple of notches and maybe get the effort level up even more, I think is freaking awesome. So I'm so, I, I, guys, I'm just so freaking fucking fired up right now. I can't even think straight <laughs> thinking about how awesome this is going to be this week. And you know what? He, again, even if he doesn't deliver much on Sunday, this entire week, just sitting around thinking about what's going to happen Sunday, what could potentially take place on Sunday. This is going to be an awesome week dreaming about how big Sunday could be and what kind of role this guy can play. So it sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds corny and stupid, but this is an early Christmas gift, I think, for all Seahawks fans right that's, now. That's what we're talking about, man. That's what we have. That's what we're on here for. And, man, I got to ask you, because this is, this is going to come up in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Seahawks hit the crap out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He fumbles. Yeah. They, they grab it. They recover it at the one-yard line. All oh. right. Do the Seahawks <laughs> hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, or do they have Russell Wilson pass it? What's the score of the game? Doesn't matter. Answer the question. Okay. Uh, they got to run the ball, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they have to run the ball. They got to run the ball. First of all, look, I, I'm a little weird about that game. Uh, I saw Bob Condota tweeting about it today, and – making jokes and all that stuff. And you know what? Maybe I'm just a freaking lunatic, guys, but there's never going to be anything funny about what happened in Arizona, ever. I mean, I could be 80 years old, and the Seahawks could have five Super Bowl championships. Hell, they could have 15 championships. And I'm never, ever, ever going to be in the mood to laugh about what happened in in, uh, Glendale that day. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the only, you know, batshit crazy Seahawks fan out there that just can't get over what happened five years ago. But I'm hoping that we can right a wrong, right? In some ways, I'm hoping we can right that wrong starting this year. And, you know, with uh, with Marshawn, it kind of feels like Jimmy Chitwood a little bit. You know, with Jimmy and, you know, in this case, Marshawn, it kind of feels like this team can accomplish anything. And You got a lot of millennials on this uh, pod. Yeah. I don't know who you're well, talking about with Jimmy Chitwood. Well, it's, okay, it's a, it's, it's a 35-year-old movie. Brian and I are probably the only guys that know, even know what the hell we're talking about. I, I, know, I know Evan was too young for that for sure, but, 
it just feels like they can accomplish anything right now. It just feels like this is going to fire up the entire fan base and the locker room. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You guys got any questions for Softy? I, I, I just can't believe we're in this situation 24 hours after a completely devastating loss. And here yeah. we are all as Seahawks fans. We're fucking hyped for Sunday. I mean, bring it on. Niners it's on Sunday night football. We have a million different injuries, but fuck it. We got Marshawn Lynch back. This is fun. Yeah, and you know what? Look, if we're being honest, which uh, if we're living in reality uh, and we're trying to be practical here, which, you know, that's no fun, right? Nobody wants to do that. But if we're being practical, the guy probably gets – Yeah, the guy probably gets – He probably gets seven to ten carries on Sunday. Probably doesn't do a lot. But, you know, again, what what can he do for Jamarco Jones if, if he ends up playing in this game? What can he do for Ethan Postick? What can he do for Joey Hunt? What can he do for Travis Homer? What can he do for Robert Turbin? You know, what can he do for that defense? You know, I was talking to KJ Wright about this very thing two weeks ago when I asked him, hey, Chris Carson's starting to remind me a little bit of a Marshawn Light type running back. What does it do for you when you're on the sideline on defense and you look up and you see a running back stiff-arming an opposing defender? He said, man, it gets everybody all jacked up. It's totally... It totally raises the energy level of everybody, including on the defensive side of the ball. So what can Marshawn Lynch do for everybody else on this football team as far as elevating their game? And then even maybe from a minimal uh, just perspective, guys, what can he do for the crowd? You know, mm. I mean, for the crowd that was going to be loud as hell to begin with on the opening drive of that game uh, when the uh, Niners are on offense, can Marshawn take it up a couple decibels just by being in the damn building? I think he can. Hmm. I desperately want him to have that run early, early on, like his first, second, third carry, where you know yeah. he, there's a big pile. It's like two <clears throat> to three yards downfield, and then the whole offensive line just starts pushing, and they like <laughs> rumble for like four or five more yards, and the entire stadium's gonna lose it when that happens. Yeah. That's- no, you're right, man. I mean, he's there's 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 not many people in this franchise's history, if any at all, that could come back and fire up an entire fan base after taking 14 months off from football and still be in here, you know, six days away from the game. So there's going to be a buzz already. We know that for the game on Sunday. But Evan, you're right. I, I mean, I think people were pretty down about what happened yesterday and they were going into this week. There was kind of a pall a little bit, you know, maybe a buzzkill, if you will, over the entire franchise. And now people, I think, have totally forgotten about what happened on Sunday. I mean, I was getting ready for the show today. I was going to watch the game over again, get ready for the program. And once the Marshawn, uh, you know, uh, uh, story broke, I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching that game anymore because nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Arizona game anymore. No, nobody cares about the crappy play calling. Nobody cares about the fact that Pete Carroll didn't go for it on fourth and one from the 34. Nobody cares about the fact that there seems to be this massive dysfunction and indecisiveness coming from the sideline at multiple times during that game. Nobody cares that the defense looks slow and old and broken down against the Cardinals in that game on Sunday. I mean, obviously these are all tangible problems that we're going to have to deal with in the game on Sunday, but it just feels like the entire narrative shift uh, to, to uh, you know, Marshawn from that game on Sunday and Nobody was even in the mood to even talk about that game anymore after that story came out today. I've never seen a player have that kind of an effect on a franchise where people went from pissed as hell 
collectively to pulling an absolute 180 and being all jacked up not even 24 hours later. It's amazing. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, as, as a, a somewhat of a historian of Seattle sports, right? Can you recall yeah. anything similar, anything close to where there had been a, a, a fan, the fan base being so low yeah, and then the next day being so high, like uh, anything like, yeah. yeah. The only thing I can think of is just during the Packer game in 2014, but as far as players coming back, things you know, things of that ilk, no, I can't. Because when they signed Griffey, I mean, the team was okay, but they weren't good when they signed Junior. I mean, this is a this is a damn playoff team for crying out loud, right? I mean, people thought uh, two weeks ago that this was a Super Bowl caliber team, and then all of a sudden, after you know the losses to the Rams and Cardinals in the last couple of weeks, they've said, well, that's not going to happen. The hell with it. This team's a fraud. They're overrated. Forget about it. The hell with it. Marshawn Lynch has brought all the optimism back. And he's done it by himself. Himself in 24 hours. So, no, Brian, to answer your question, I'm not sure if I've ever seen anything like this in the history of this town. And I'm 46 years old. They win the game and Marshawn Lynch plays a big role. And he's a big reason why they'll play the game on Sunday. This will absolutely be unlike anything you guys have ever seen, for sure. Hey, listen, I just pulled up to my driveway. I got to go inside and talk to my wife. All right, dude. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Appreciate you. All right, right, guys. Go Hawks. See ya. Go Hawks. I'm starting to jump in here. So it's interesting. Uh, I sent this to you guys in the, the group chat. Tom, Pels- Tom Pelissero from NFL.com just put out a story on how this all happened. And he said, Lynch, remember when Lynch like visited the team two weeks ago? Yep. Everyone just thought it was like a friendly visit. Apparently, he got a sense from just that was right after the penny injury. And apparently, he got a sense that they were going to try to sign him now regardless. So Pelissero just did a story on like he did some like insane two-week workout program to get his body I'm going to sound so white saying this, but the line in there was we went hood on his preparation. <laughs> and apparently he just posted a clip of like the, the stuff he was doing. Pelicero did. So I found that kind of interesting. Like I thought this just completely came out of the blue and I never guess put that together. But the fact that Marshawn started working out two weeks ago is really interesting to me. Yeah. So, so apparently he is, he is blowing up Instagram and posting videos on YouTube. I, I have not seen these. So maybe you guys could do a little uh, research as we're doing this and see if we need to, to find any information there. Uh, Simon Miller in the chat has a quote. Uh, Marshawn's been prepping for the last two weeks since his visit to Seattle, which is what Jeff is mentioning. 16 sessions of total body workout and included him getting his body beaten to get ready for an NFL game. Uh, so for people that are saying he's only got five or six days to get ready, he's, he's been, I think that's part of the point here, right? He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's been, uh, doing whatever he's can do to get ready for this, uh, before, before yesterday. So that's, that's good. Doesn't, doesn't change much for me. It was weird today because people were, there were some beat reporters that were kind of coming out with this, like, oh, this is Pete playing like 40 motivational chess. And I, and my reaction was kind of like, I don't know. This smells like a team that's desperate. And like, this is maybe a little bit of fan service even. And they're like, just going to throw this against the wall and see what happens. But like, if they had him in two weeks ago and Marshawn was getting the idea that like, that they might want him back, then maybe this is more about more than just the injury like like everyone's saying like what Marshawn you know whatever a player can bring emotionally whatever whatever that's worth and like you can argue about that all day long 
I don't know that you can argue that there are many players that bring more of whatever it is you can bring emotionally and psychologically in the locker room than Marshawn Lynch does, right? Like, not only is he a total badass, not only is he a tone setter, like, he was beloved by the players. And, like, he was, you know, he would give players, like, financial advice. And, and he's a smart dude. And he's he cared about his teammates for the most part. You know, all that, whatever happened with him and the rest aside. Um and it, if, if this is something that's been brewing for weeks now, then then really it, it, you kind of have to think that that Pete and John thought there was an element missing from this team that, you know, few can bring like Marshawn can bring. You heard it here first, folks. The analytics nerds not only admit that running backs matter, but that momentum is real. <laughs> momentum that comes from a Marshawn Lynch signing. Yeah, that interested me perfectly. He picked up everything I was putting down there. <laughs> yeah. the oh a lot of momentum from that uh blocked pun blocked field goal issue. i i would sign up i'm gonna have to arrange for a pod of just nathan and softy i i would <laughs> i would i would watch that or, or like i would do softy and ben baldwin game. but that would be like it would it would turn ugly like at least nathan they'd like, kill each other they'd kill each other it's it just it would it, bad things would happen so Stocky's a piece of cake you just throw him a little bit of red meat and he'll rant for a good day like how long was he on he just went oh that, I don't, is, yeah, that, was, that is not it that is not a shtick like uh on the air off the air Stocky he just talks i mean he's he is there's a reason he's very good at what he does um yeah so i mean look guys i mean we talked a lot about about lynch i think it, it's you know, I think the fact that you're right, Nathan, they're a hundred percent desperate. Anyone that says otherwise, I mean, they're down three running backs. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think that now you got to look at, I think what a lot of people want to talk about is what happens if they win? What happens if they lose? There's been a story that's starting to come out for a lot of people, which is, uh, do we want the Seahawks to actually lose? and get what would be the fifth seed to go on the road to play what will likely be Philadelphia? Or do we want them to win and get the three seed and likely host Minnesota? Those are the two most likely scenarios. So why don't we start there? I've got a point of view on this, but I'd like to hear from you guys um, to start with. Jeff, What's your what's your take? What do you see the pros and cons? Okay, so I think there's still one scenario where the Seahawks get the number two seed, but it's like a one percent chance of happening. It would require both New Orleans and Green Bay like losing to fifth string quarterbacks. So let's throw that out the window. Okay, so I think the I think the scenario works out pretty well for the Seahawks, where we're all pretty down on them. If you could have picked two possible first round opponents, even when there's current state, this is pretty good. You got Kirk Cousins and a crappy Philadelphia team. So either way, I think it's pretty good for at least one potential win. Best case scenario, I think still is winning Sunday. I still think that's super unlikely, but it, it does a couple things. Number one, it screws over San Francisco, makes them the five seed, which would be an amazing, amazing ending. Number two, you get Minnesota. They've, they've been Minnesota a bunch in Seattle. Kirk Cousins has never won a big game in his life in the NFL. And the best case scenario about finishing the three seed is that if you win, you guarantee a game against Green Bay in the next round, which means for the first two rounds, you avoid 
New Orleans and San Francisco, which are probably the two biggest threats to Seattle. So I think that is a really, really good scenario. And even if you lose, I think going into Philly, it's a pretty good, they played well on the road this year. They've already won there. And I don't think that's a terrible scenario either. Yeah, it's interesting, Nathan. I mean, <clears throat> you can make the argument, other than obviously a bye being great, because you don't have to beat anyone during a bye week. This sets up reasonably well for the Seahawks in the first round, one way or another. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. That Vikings game feels like a long time ago. Did uh, you watch them tonight? No, but did you watch the Seahawks yesterday? <laughs> I did, and it looked like the same team. Like they looked, did. They looked I think the Vikings was bad, was and the Packers, and one team was playing the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be scared of playing the Vikings, like, but it's just that that game feels like a long time ago already. Uh, I, I think that where I come down on all this is that while I think it's pretty obvious that the first round matchup would be more beneficial if they're the fifth seed and, you know, setting aside my superstition about having to go back to Dallas, that happened again. Um, I think you just want home field as much as you can get it. Like, and, and this team has been good on the road and they haven't been particularly good at home and, and all that. But I just, I, I just, it's hard for me to look at it and say, no, I don't want home field throughout. And so I, I just I still just lean that if you can get 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 as high a seed as you can. Yeah. So so Evan, we were just talking about seeding and, and how it works. And and here's here's where I like I was one of the guys that was like, hey, maybe they should lose because uh, not that I'd ever really want them to lose, but I really like the idea of playing the Eagles. I, I just don't have a lot of respect for the Eagles. I thought, you know, the Seahawks didn't play that well in Philadelphia and still controlled that game. Um, now, granted, that was a, a game that that Carson, uh, Chris Carson, and and particularly Rashad Penny really helped um, and, and carried the team to some uh, effect on, on on offense. But uh, yeah, I, I like that matchup. But then I looked at it, and the, the most likely scenario I'm seeing actually has the Packers as the number one seed, um, has the Saints as the number two seed. They would finish tied at 13 and three, each of them, and uh, the Packers would win the tiebreaker. And the Seahawks would be the number three seed. And the Seahawks would actually play the sixth seed in the first round at home. That would be the Vikings. And the other would be first round game would be um, uh, the Eagles hosting the 49ers. So the 49ers have to go on the road. Almost certainly they're going to beat the Eagles. So then you've got the five seed going to the next round. They would be the lowest seed. So they'd be seeded against the highest seed. So they would go against the Packers on the road in green Bay. 49ers would go to green Bay. We would go to the saints um, uh, in week two or in round two, if that was the case, if the Seahawks were able to get through there and if the 49ers beat the Packers, which I'm pretty sure they would, I mean, they dominated them at home. Now, granted, it's in Green Bay, and it's hard to win there in the winter and all that stuff, but I think the 49ers are built for that. Then you've got the five-seed 49ers getting through to the <laughs> NFC Championship, and if the Seahawks beat the Saints, they would host the NFC Championship. So 
you're talking about hosting two of the three games. I think that's a pretty for the least likely part of that scenario is the Seahawks winning two games. Totally admit that. I'm not trying to be blind, but I'm just saying if you're if you're going in and trying to say what's the best thing for Seattle to get a chance to go far in the playoffs, I think the three seed is a lot better than the five seed in terms of what you'd be looking at. The chance to host an NFC championship, I think, is a big deal. So Evan, the, hold on quickly. If you're the five seed and you win the first game, that you're likely playing who? Sam Fran round two? Well, I haven't done the uh, – I'd have to go back. Will, they would play whoever the number one seed is. So, if yes, if, you, if you're a five seed and you win in the first round – um, unless the sixth seed also wins. Yeah. Basically, the lowest seed goes to play the highest seed. So, yeah, you'd probably play San Fran in San Fran round two. Okay. Yeah. I don't so like that. So, point of clarification on this. Uh, are the Cowboys done? Are they officially eliminated? No. No, yeah. they're not. But the so... Eagles play – they play in New York against the Giants. So, I mean, it's no guarantee they'll win, but assuming that they do – they would win the East. Gotcha. Evan, you've been asking about whether they should win or lose. Did, did I convince you that a three seed is, is a better way to go? You did convince me that the three seed is the better way to go, but the argument that convinced me is different. At the end of the day, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to tackle this question in sort of a roundabout way. Oh, crap. I have a newfound hate. For George Kittle. I absolutely hate that motherfucker. I absolutely hate. I have no reason to hate him outside of him being a 49er with a goofy ass haircut. I don't know if you guys saw that video that Sports Center or ESPN tweeted of him like a week ago, like losing his mind. And he was like, Niner or gang. What what do you say? Bang bang niner gang or something like that. <laughs> like made me want to kill myself. Absolutely horrible. I had a vision of George Kittle running on CenturyLink Field, being filmed by ESPN doing something similar post Sunday Night Football. I can't tolerate something like that. I I don't care what the seating implications are. I don't care. I don't care if it affects us negatively in the long run. I don't want to lose to the 49ers on Sunday night. The 49ers have had you know, per their fans, a phenomenal year. They really have had a phenomenal year. But if they didn't win the division, those Niner tears would be so, so tasty. I, I that that would be a that would be a win in my book. That that's a playoff win in my book. Literally, Sunday night is a playoff is is a playoff game in my mind. So, um, you convinced yeah. me, but a different argument for it. Oh my God. Everybody should make sure I'm going to copy the link to this tweet, but uh, <laughs> our friend softy has not lost his energy. He has uh, posted on Twitter, him in a Marshawn Lynch helmet. Um, <laughs> freaking out. Oh man. If anybody thinks that it's an act with that guy, they do not know what they're talking about. He is a, a he is a fan, a, a Seattle sports fan through and through. There's no faking it there. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, look, guys, I mean, like I said that in the group chat, as someone who goes to these games all the time, there are going to be some fights in the stadium. I, I mean, are we, are we agreed that 49ers fans are buying up 
like uh, probably a, a fair number of these tickets and they're also generally total pricks and Marshawn Lynch now is going to be there like with making Fox fans feel more confident. And like if the 49ers fans start talking crap where they're starting to win and, you know, making fun of Marshawn Lynch, I mean, it's a five o'clock game. People are going to be drinking all day. It could get really ugly. I mean, I feel like it could get ugly with or without Lynch. Like, everything that you just said, Seahawks being so down, and if the Niners are really there in force, and then if either side gets talking, uh, and then, I mean, who knows what Lynch could add into it with the crowd. There are definitely going to be fights. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be an interesting experience. Um, I'll just stand behind my uh, 18-year-old son and, uh, you know, let the young guy take the, the beating because, you know, he's he's going to heal a little bit faster than me. Um, so, Jeff, if they win, yeah, if they win, what would that mean? Like, how would you comprehend the Seahawks beating the 49ers this week? If they win, I would completely change my view of what's happened the last couple of weeks and think they got a shot to make some noise in the playoffs. If they can win this game – against who we think is probably the best team in the NFC or if not second best in a very depleted state with running backs coming off the street and Jamarco Jones or fan and left tackle, I would have hope again. And hope is a scary thing, obviously, based on what happened yesterday. And I was at the point where I had no hope at all. I was barely debating if I wanted to even watch this game. I think someone mentioned selling their tickets to this game. I'm not going to name names, but um. Yeah, if they can win and beat San Francisco in this state, I think I'm going to be back where I was thinking two weeks ago. And if Clowney can play and then Diggs is coming back and Griffin can play, yeah, I'll be excited. And I I think you go from a team that, as of this morning, I would have said there's – I did say it on Twitter yesterday. I said their Seahawks season is over. And realistically, it's probably true. But this is – like what Evan said before, this is kind of our Super Bowl. And – Screwing over the Niners and watching them lose the NFC Championship against a team with Marshawn Lynch at running back, man, that would be so awesome. All right. I know you're going to drop here in a few minutes. Go ahead, Nathan. What were you going to say? Oh, no. I was going to say, I'll go ahead and name names. My dad sold his tickets to this game. And in fairness, he got an amazing deal on them. And he did it a couple weeks ago. But he sold tickets to possibly Marshawn's last home game in Seattle. And uh, when I see him tomorrow, I'm going to give him endless amounts of crap about that. Oh, I didn't think also the dude that left the NFC Championship game against the Packers early. Oh, maybe this is good luck. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, I was not looking forward to going to this game. I don't don't sell tickets in general. I, I don't miss games. But I was not, like, ugh. I mean, I had offers to go to see the Seahawks play the 49ers in Santa Clara earlier this year. Multiple offers. And I was like, I don't want to go to that game. They're going to kill us until the week of. And then I was like, I think we're going to win for some reason. In fact, on the show, I think I predicted it. But, uh, man, I- I'm I'm looking forward to this now. I think, uh, you know, I-, I think I'm going to dig in a little bit more. So, um, are you guys down for doing another pod later this week? Like, Thursday? What day? Maybe Thursday. Thursday. Um, yeah, I actually already already have it on my calendar. 
for some God knows reason. I don't know why. <laughs> you anticipated this this whole time. Did I? I guess so. building the schedule. I think yeah. I may have. Um, Jeff and Nathan, let us know. But I think we'll we'll likely do another pod um, at least Thursday. Um, looking at it, and and we'll see how things are going as as a uh, as we play it forward. Um, closing thoughts uh, for folks here. Um, honestly, I could go on all night about this. I'm pretty excited, but uh, I don't want to keep everybody too late. So. Um, Let's start with you, Evan. Closing thoughts. Where's your head at right now? How do you feel about this game? Um, How do you feel about being a Seahawks fan at the moment? Yeah, for as much as we can whine and bitch about all the things that have gone right or wrong this year, weeks one through 16 don't matter. Week 17 is here, Sunday night football. Seahawks Niners, Marshawn Lynch is back. Russell Wilson is coming off of what appears to be a rough stretch. The defense is um, struggling with numerous injuries. The offense is struggling with numerous injuries. We lost two running backs in one night against the Cardinals. Dwayne Brown just had knee cleanup surgery. Um, I'm not sure how else to put this outside of this is going to be a game for the ages, win or loss. Um, The Seahawks are desperate. They're decimated by injuries and they're playing their biggest rival at home on Sunday night football for the NFC West title. It has been three years since the Seahawks have last won that title. So this is going to be an especially emotionally charged game. But I do think the Seahawks will win this game. I really do. And it's going to be crazy, just like the first <laughs> time around earlier this year. No, but no. I, have, I have built up hope. The Seahawks are going oh, to win no. this game. Jeff, uh, Evan, Evan has hope again. This is nervous. I'm nervous now. It is never a good sign when Evan has hope. Like, okay, crash is so hard. Uh, I was where Evan was last night and this morning. I was maybe worse than Evan. So, I'm usually pretty like objective, and I'm not maybe the realist Nathan is, or but I'm pretty rational. This week, I'm just gonna throw it all out the window. Um, if I try to be rational, it's just gonna upset me, and I'm just gonna think about that Arizona game. So I'm just going to enjoy this Marshawn Lynch stuff. Um, let's go all in. Let's sign Cam Chancellor. No more Lano Hill. Let's sign. Let's bring Doug Baldwin back. David Moore sucks. Um, <laughs> we need a third down guy. But anyway, I'm just going to enjoy this. I just watched a video of Marshawn Lynch, like doing footwork drills that Tom Pelissero, and I'm like uniquely excited. And I'm just going to think about until the game happens. I'm just going to think about all the positives and, try not to be realistic and rational because if I think of Jamarco Jones, a left tackle, I'm just going to get upset. So I'm going to enjoy Marshawn Lynch until Sunday starts. And then I'll probably get super nervous, but let's try to be positive this week. Uh, yeah. It's fun to see Marshawn Lynch back. You're cracking me up, dude. You're trying so hard. You're trying so hard. Uh, it's You're so fun. unlike me. We're, we're going to, we're going to get into the, this matchup in way more detail in the next pod. And we'll try to go position group by position group and, and look at it. Honestly. I mean, look, I, I think we'll break it down. And, and I, I think there's reasons for the 49ers to not feel great about their team either. I really do. And, and I think that uh, we'll talk about that, whether or not all those are going to be reasons enough for Seattle to win. We'll find out. But uh, Nathan, how about you? Where are you? Where's your head at as we uh, close out the pod? I mean, my head's kind of nowhere right now. This is 
completely surreal. Uh, I think this is the happiest I've been as a Seahawks fan since the 2015 Blair Walsh miss kick. <laughs> they had one playoff win between them, that, that Detroit one. So I don't even think I feel that bad saying that. I think that's true. Uh, and like, so, like you asked Softy, like what is the the closest that we've ever seen something like this? Especially when you look at it from a coming off of a low, like that Cardinals game, to this just huge swing of emotion. And like, it's like Mar- Marshawn is um, a Rushmore of Seattle sports, right? And I mean that's a, wh- a huge argument. But like for me, when when you're talking about guys that would kind of like make me this excited this happy and like who cares if it's a good idea it's awesome it's gonna be so fun to see him again i can't wait to see him wearing 24 and seahawks jersey again like it's him and like sean camp and like gary payton like there's like just a couple guys if, if they could get Hasselbeck back for that this game just like you know i and spacing on who their backup quarterback is he's someone bad probably is yeah it, wait who is it Crap, I'm really spacing on the back of quarterback. <laughs> it is Geno Smith. Geno Smith, yes. Yeah, really cut him. Get Hassel back in. That, like, uh, no, I mean, this is just uh, – and then, the, the, then to add in, they also brought back Robert Turbin. This bizarre, <laughs> dumbass football team. I, it's, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. I love, I love this Nathan. Like I think what people don't realize about Nathan, especially if you just follow him on Twitter is, is that he secretly is a total emotional like wreck and like he has all this stuff going on inside and he's like created this hard shell of analysis and logic and and, like a little bit of some cynicism to hopefully like temper his expectations to protect his fragile heart. Um, are you feeling very seen right now? A little. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I love that about Nathan. And um, I think it's brought out the best in uh, some of his analysis as well. But like that is, I, I think I couldn't say it any better. And, and I won't try other than just to offer my, my, my perspective, which is this is what sports is about. This is why we're fans. Yes, I would like to win a Super Bowl. Yes, I would like the Seahawks to be the best team in the NFL. Yes, I would like them to make smart moves on the field and not do things that have you just want to punch yourself in the face. <laughs> like, I want all those things. And you know what? I want to enjoy myself with my fellow fans. And I want to have something that we can uni- universally cheer for and be excited for and not argue about. Like, this isn't about, like, game plans or analytics or – anything else this is just pure entertainment and like a great awesome only in hollywood and honestly only in seattle story that could be told and uh you know that by itself is worth worth the price of admission it's worth a week of being excited and there's a lot of things that are worth not being excited about right now there's a lot of you looking around that is not exciting and not happy so Anything that gives reason for a little bit of um, optimism, uh, you know, and hope is uh, something I, I definitely cherish. So I am super excited. I plan on, you know, finding some time to write, um, break down this game a little bit more than probably I would have if it didn't happen. And uh, we will talk again this week, folks. Thank you all for joining. 
If you haven't already, join up at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Uh, we've got merch. I don't know if you can hear me. So uh, I've got I've got some different uh, swag here that, that is coming in. I'm going to try to see if we can see this. Uh, it's not showing. Oh, those are good colors. But uh, is that mine? I think that might be yours, Nathan. Cool. Why does it keep cutting you out? And then... Now, this is another color I like. I can't remember who this is. This might be uh, this might be Evans. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's uh, Rain City. But uh, you can't at least see mine. This is the denim color, which I have to say I love. I'm very happy with it. Uh, and we will offer that um, merch uh, as well as some of the folks that are sponsors and others are getting some merch delivered uh, as as a holiday present and thank you for what you guys have all done and helped create here with the pod um please make sure if you haven't already subscribe on youtube um tell people about the pod that's one of the things that can help to do the most costs you nothing um shout it out on twitter share it with friends email people facebook any of those places share about it um give us a comment uh five star reviews are really helpful um and uh other than that Enjoy, everybody. Have a wonderful, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, whatever it is that you celebrate. Uh, even if you don't celebrate, have a wonderful week, and we will talk again soon. Marshawn Lynch is a Seahawk once again. <laughs>